Welcome to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The most important thing is showing up. Don't think that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself, show up, and and remain steadfast. If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is Dr. Nancy's passion and her purpose. And talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of her favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up as myself time and time and time again. Yeah. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. This week's guest is Zach Fowler. Zach is the head of strategic partnerships for Amplify Girls, an international collective of community-driven organizations that are investing in raising girls' agency and amplifying their voices. Zach became involved with Amplify Girls when it first convened in 2018. Now he oversees and assists a few of the organization's most significant projects, including the Girls' Agency Lab and the Amplify Girls Education and Innovation Fund. Before Amplify Girls, Zach was the executive director of Wiser International, where he served for over 10 years, supporting holistic girls' education in Kenya. Zach is also the youngest ever board member for the North Carolina School of Science and Mathematics Foundation, where he advises on strategy and development. He is a former Benjamin N. Duke Scholar, a recipient of the Paul Farmer Award for Justice and Social Responsibility, and a recipient of the NCSSM Myas Opus Movio Young Alumni Award. He lives in Washington, D.C. with his partner of 11 years, Madeline, and his at-home co-worker, Gimli the Chihuahua. Now, here's Dr. Nancy and guest, Zach Fowler. Hi, I'm Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I'm going to have this wonderful conversation with Zach Fowler. Zach, thank you for being with me. So happy that you're here. Let's uh, talk and have a great conversation and nice to meet you. It's wonderful to meet you too. I'm very much looking forward to it. Fantastic. Well, you're, you've got an exciting program, but you know, this is usually how I start out my, uh, com- this is a conversation, by the way, this is for you and I to get to know each other, know about what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing. But first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself. We've already done an introduction, so we know about the, all the professional aspects, but how did you get to be the Zach that I'm talking to today? And why are you doing what you're doing? Sure. No, that's a great question. So I am based in Washington, D.C. I've lived here for about two years uh, with my uh, now wife, uh, Madeline. We just got married last year. So Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, although we've been together since since high school, we've been together for over 10 years. And um, that's actually maybe one of the most important things to know about me is that I'm someone who loves deep involvement in things. I'm very committed. I joke with my friends that I have the the opposite of a commitment problem. Once I find something that I really care about, I tend to stay with it. And, and that's kind of how I got into this type of work. Uh, when I got into my first year of college, I was working with a nonprofit organization that was focused on girls' education in Kenya. And I started as just kind of a baseline volunteer. I was running their Twitter accounts to start whatever I could to possibly help. And uh, to make a long story short, they kept giving me things to do. And I kept saying, yes, I would love to do them. And before I knew it, it had been 
uh, almost a decade of working with girl-focused nonprofits. So that's that's how I kind of came into this work from that angle of being dedicated to a cause that I thought was was deeply important. Yeah. Do you have sisters? I don't actually. I have one younger brother. <laughs> you, don't, uh, you don't even have sisters. Well, interesting. How, was it was it your mother inspired you? I mean, as far as getting into working with girls and and feeling this great desire to make a difference, was there a, a female? Was it was was it your current wife, the the woman that you dated all your life and then married ten years later? Was that part of it? You know, it's a good question. I I have had so many female mentors throughout my life. Uh, I I really have. I had wonderful women that were my teachers in in middle school and in high school and uh, elementary school before that. And I think that connection between women and girls that were passionate about education was a big pull for me. My mom was a teacher. My mom was a kindergarten teacher, um, felt very strongly about that. But I also think for me, it was um, almost a a practical sense. It was this combination of a human rights argument with a practical uh, argument of the fact that women and girls are at the center of so many different challenges for the world and solutions for the world. If you want communities to thrive, starting with women and girls is a wonderful place to start. Especially in Africa, because women women are the workers. Sure. Africa. Absolutely. I just found out that Dr. Is it Samia is the new mm. president. Is it uh, is it Tanzania? Or mm. she, they've got the first uh, w- woman leader in Africa right now, which is uh, pretty exciting to hear. I just was talking with World Pulse, which is a, a worldwide global uh-huh. organization. Do you know about World Pulse? I have heard of World Pulse. Yes, they're, they're fantastic, but they're they're all about giving women and girls a voice, and that's what Women Connect is. Women Connect for Good, our primary purpose is to give women a voice and to connect men and women, girls and boys, so that we're all in this world to make a difference and working together. Because as I, as my last book said, we're in this together and we're we're all going to have to keep working together. I've been to Africa multiple times, by the way. This is not my, in fact, I went very, have you ever heard of Convoy of Hope? Yes, I have, uh, but only because of you. So that, so I will say that's- Well, uh, that's- boy, I went on several trips to Africa. And of course, one of their biggest programs was the Girl Empowerment Program. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful to go to the schools and it was wonderful to learn what they were doing. And then of course, the mothers who were getting microloans and starting to create these small businesses and then connecting with other women the women supported each other. Then they were able to buy the children's school clothes mm-hmm. and uniforms and send them to school, especially the girls. I think what you're doing is, you know, I, I need to connect with Convoy of Hope and, and World Pulse, the things, because I'm all about Women Connect for Good is about the collaboration. So yes. I know Girls Amplify is your, and um, by the way, I'm going to change your terminology from nonprofit to social profit. Okay. Because Tell me more about that. Social profit. Uh, you know, I'm a 501c3 also. Sure. I, don't, I would never call myself a no, nonprofit. I would call myself a social profit. Just think of all the 501c3 organizations out there that if they all went away, where would mm-hmm. we be? The number of organizations are, that are out there serving with 501c3 status are tremendous. And the volunteers that help them as well. You know, I think, unfortunately, what happens when people hear the word nonprofit, they think they don't know business. And that's not Mm, true. Absolutely. Social profit is all the social importance that your program does and my program does to make the world a better place. So I challenge you to use the word social profit. 
I like that okay. paradigm. I think I think there are a lot of things about the nonprofit world that those who do not work in it may not understand, and and uh, certain rules we place on nonprofit organizations that we do not place on profit organizations, which is strange. So I like the reframe. We're, we're the bleeding hearts, you know. We're yes. out there with the bleeding yes. hearts, and and the people that are in the for-profit world are out. No, we're doing business, uh -huh. doing money. So I think we we're we're constantly educating the public about what 501c3 organizations do. But all right, I'll, I'll get off my little podium <laughs> and uh, move on. But Girls Amplify, tell me about it. How did it begin? And of course, we know that you became involved because you kept working more and more with girls and education, which I, I believe is number one. Until yeah. we have education, that is, the, that is the way to change the world is with education. Yeah, there are certainly many, many, many people that agree with you, and I, I'm among them for sure. So uh, this organization, so Amplify Girls came together because of, I would say, community-driven organizations, largely based in East Africa, reaching a, a tipping point of frustration when it came to the fact that they were seeing local insights into what worked for girls. They had founded organizations. They had started initiatives on their back porches in Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, Rwanda, and they had been frustrated at the fact that they weren't receiving the respect, attention, or resources that they deserve because they were small or because they were hyper-local or because they didn't have the same type of, of exposure to international development spaces that a larger uh, organization might. And uh, long story short, we, we continued to kind of run into each other. I say we because at the time I was working to support an organization like that in Kenya. And we would run into each other at conferences and meetings and, and uh, advocacy platforms and say, we have to do something about this. And we came together in Rwanda in 2018 for, for what essentially was a large brainstorming conversation of how do we start getting these community-driven organizations that are focused on changing the lives of adolescent girls, how do we get them a bigger platform? And how do we get them to work together to, to shatter a lot of the preconceived notions about development as a whole, but also about particularly small organizations' involvement in development. And uh, what came out of that brainstorm was Amplify Girls, this, this international collective of now more than 40 uh, organizations that are all working on building the agency of young women. And that was uh, five years ago, and, and we've grown a lot since then. But it came very organically, and it came in a single room with about 18 founders of local community organizations in East Africa and spiraled from there. Fantastic. So what, what, what is the common, common bond that you all do have, you know, education for girls? But what really, I mean, that, that's a lot of organizations to come together. It is. How, it is. How did you, how did you manage that? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and one of the things I'm most proud of when it comes to this collective is that they are really method agnostic. So we all agree on the same thing, which is that girls' agency is the ultimate goal. If you can equip girls with a sense of agency, that's success. But how you get there should be hyper-localized. I mean, it depends. Girls in one location don't need the same thing that girls in another place need. And so our 40-plus partners focus on everything from uh, after school programs to formal school programs to health initiatives to political engagement to everything in between. And we don't restrict them to being a certain type of program to say, I believe you're changing the lives of girls, come on in. So we've been able to, to work through this massive collective, uh, thankfully, through wonderful local staff. Most of our team is based in East Africa. They help us coordinate and help connect to our partners. And uh, we also have wonderful representation from all of our partners because our international board of directors is made up 
of the founders of those organizations. So we, we put the uh, power and governance of our organization right in their hands, and that helps us stay connected as well. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's been a few years since I've been to Africa because I was in Tanzania. I was in uh, Ethiopia and I was all the Mount Mosmar. I was, I've, mm. I've been, I've been to Africa multiple times, but culture is huge. And of course, the one thing that I saw, which was so rewarding, was that these women, once they started their small businesses to make the money, to get housing for themselves, to get uniforms and books for their children, their daughters to go to school, uh, and, but they started to hire other women mm -hmm. as well. And one of the things that was happening was that they were building this, this network and this community. But, you know, one thing that I, I realized and I found to be such a wonderful part of the African culture is the women support each other, but then the community supported the women as well. So mm. it really was this kind of uh, almost, you know, building block process of watching that. But, you know, the girls, of course, the culture is 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 something that definitely you're you're challenged with. I know, and I'm sure it has not changed a lot. But really, the women are the workers. They the are children, and the children, and the women are the workers. So going girls going to school uh, is not always encouraged because girls need to stay home not only take care of younger children, but yes. they need to be working to to make money for the family or whatever they need to do. So they're they're pretty much education has never been really pushed for those children. So it really is up to the community itself to really encourage that. But again, to also push back the pushback, get past that uh -huh. as well. So yeah, I have, you know, do that? how do you do that? It's a good question. So one of the things that I, I like to think about and remember when we're working in these contexts is that there are certainly some people that would discourage girls from attending school, would discourage girls from transcending to higher levels of success. But the, you know, the founders of our organizations that are focused on girls, they came from those communities too. Right. And they they had those beliefs from when they were very young. Uh, and there are some very, very famous examples of this. I mean, I think about uh, I think about Malala, for instance, Malala Yousafzai, and I think about her father, who was a major education uh, advocate and proponent in a context where very famously education was uh, very much out of reach for many young women. And I think it's important to remember that in these communities, the the challenges can seem so large that it's, temp it's tempting to to think of the the challenge is kind of broad brush or, or, or universal when in fact there are many advocates and many people who want to push back they just need the right opportunity uh, or the right window and you know when I, when I worked with an organization previously we used to say that all of the girls in an area know what they want to do they know where they want to go they just need someone to knock the door down and then get out of the way um, and so this is this is about trying to clear pathways right and uh, not necessarily about having to tell anyone where they want to go when it comes to success they know they know where they want to be yeah. Well, well, Zach, I would encourage you to get involved with World Pulse because it's about voices. Mm -hmm. And the voices, and it's also a mentoring and a vo and voices program so that mentoring is, is key for these girls. Any girl can't become anything they can't see, they yes. can't hear about, or they can't read about. So, you know, for, for me, I was lucky. I had uh, a gr grandmothers, I had a mother in real estate, uh, you know, I had women in, in leadership positions that helped me to become who I am today. But there are many women, even in the United States, that never really had that that mentoring, never had that sure. person to lift them up 
and then I'll For get sure. you involved in the Lift Women Up campaign. But they didn't have that person to, to really motivate them, encourage them. And when all they're hearing on the reverse is, you're not going to make it. You can't make it. There's right. nobody that wants you to make it. Education is not for you. You need to go out and have lots of babies and continue mm -hmm. to work and be where you are in this world and be accepted the way things are. Don't rock the boat. Yes. And I think that's the, the key. And, and the African community overall seems to be very, very good about once they do have that door open, the door is open for them, then, they, then there tends to be a very, very a good result. Well, I think, I think many of our partners would tell you that they see clear pathways ahead and they speak aspirationally about what they want for themselves, their families, their communities. It's hard for me to speak too broadly because most of my experience really is in East Africa, but the, the partners that we have in East Africa do have these, these visionary, um, you know, paradigms when it comes to what they want for themselves and, and for the girls in their area. And I would say too, one of my favorite things about working with these partners is that they tend to have uh, almost poetic descriptions too, of uh, what it means to pursue these things long-term. They, they know their mission, they know their vision, they know their value system, they know uh, you know, the, the core human rights issues behind what it is they're working and they are not afraid to get up and, and give their stump speech about why girls matter and why this needs to happen today. Uh, and it's extremely inspiring. I will say every time I hear one of our Amplified Girls partners talking about what they do, I always want more time with them. I, I really do every single time, even if I've known them for years. Well, tell me one story, one person that comes to mind that really exemplifies this passion and yeah. Drive. Tell me one story about someone, because I think the stories are so very important. Yeah, absolutely. So there are many to choose from. So I'll, I'll choose one that I heard most recently um, because I was uh, on the ground in Kenya and uh, we were just there for our staff retreat because most of our staff are based in Nairobi. And we went and visited one of our partners there. It's an organization called Usikimye. And they, they work on preventing uh, gender-based violence and uh, particularly gender-based violence against youth and, and children. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that, you know, I, I highly encourage everyone to look up Usikimye's work. I also caution you, it is extremely violent and, and dark. It is a very scary thing to be working in is, you know, violence against children. And the amount of hustle and strength from that team to do whatever they possibly could. Their founder, uh, co-founder is this woman named Njeri, who's based there. And we met with Njeri and I watched Njeri in the middle of a conversation where it's, it's you know, four or five of our staff and Njeri, she's telling us about their program. She's telling us what they plan for the year. Someone comes in and whispers to her that there's a girl in trouble. Mm -hmm. She whispers back, give me the details. Five minutes later, she's on the phone with a, a regional judge then she's on the phone with the local police. Then she's on the phone with a childcare service. Not even 20 minutes later into the conversation, and Jerry excuses herself. She leaves. We assume she has to handle something. Of course, she's dealing with many different crisis cases. Yeah. She comes back into the room. And the reason why she had to leave is because the girl that she had just been whispered to about was in her office within like 20 minutes. She had coordinated that while multitasking and they had a plan for that girl and, and they had a safe house option for that girl. They had next steps. And I was blown away because for one, the response time was incredible, but two, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and if she didn't do it, I don't think there's anyone else that could. I really don't. And, and so for a long time, we would say, you know, local organizations are best suited to do this work. But there's also this aspect of local organizations are the only ones doing this work or the only ones that could do this work. And uh, that's going to stick with me for a long time. Yeah. But, but again, these 40 organizations can learn from one another and determine the things that are needed for as yes. this example of calling the police, calling a judge, making sure that, that people respond in a, in a and it, it really is about developing relationships and trust in one another. Cause these, this really is an, these are organizations. There has to be trust and understanding. Oh, yes. without it, it's just not going to work. Oh yes. But again, you know, this is, the, the the true excitement is when you see the the uh, results of these girls. Who's one of the girls that's uh, gone through the program and now she's probably working with you all, but somebody like that. Give me one. Yeah, I'll give you a good example. So an uh, organization that I used to work with actually is called Wiser, Wiser Girls. Wiser Girls is based in Kenya mm-hmm. and uh, they are one of our 40 partners. And uh, there is this student that I think about a lot within the Wiser program. Wiser offers a full-time holistic education, a lot of uh, empowerment programs, life skills approaches, things like that. Mm-hmm. And they had this girl the program her name is Jacqueline and uh, Jacqueline was the first person in her family to finish high school Um, and she graduated and she wanted to be a doctor and that's a very difficult thing because she lived in an area that was about 10 hours west of Nairobi extremely remote some of the highest rates of early pregnancy of HIV of typhoid in the entire country you know in the 10 years prior to Weiser's existence uh, no girl had ever gone to college period and Jacqueline wanted to break that and she did she became uh, someone who attended school for biomedical uh, technology and she actually ended up working in a lab where where she was the only female uh, worker in that that medical lab uh, working on the analysis team and uh, she told me the story where she would go back to the community where she was from after she had gone through Wiser and after she'd gotten this job and she saw some kids kind of bickering on the side of the road mm-hmm. and uh, she went over to talk to them and like hey hey what are you doing you know disperse and and what what they were doing is they were playing house you know like little kids play house yeah, you'd be the sure. dog out you know oh, right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But what they were doing is they were fighting over who got to be Jacqueline because she oh, was wow. a, she was a character in their game. And oh, that's great. That's that great. level of inspiration is, is yeah. just so special. And that's, you know, one story of hundreds for wiser girls. That's one organization of dozens for amplify girls. So it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a very inspiring thing to think about how many stories like that are out there. So it, it comes down to the important thing is, what do you what do you want people to know about Girls Amplify and how can people help? It's a great question. So, I want people to know that Amplify Girls is extremely unique and it's gaining a lot of traction right now. So, if you want to get involved with locally led initiatives that are supporting girls, particularly in East Africa and Sub-Saharan Africa, some of the world's most effective support for young women in the entire world comes from local leaders who deserve a seat at the table. And it's really up to all of us to leverage the resources we have to get them that seat. That's what Amplify Girls is doing. And we we hope that you'll you'll join us with that. Um, Soon we are releasing a very exciting new project. It's going to be uh, what we believe to be one of the world's first psychometric measures for girls agency. For those of you who aren't in uh, the analysis field or in monitoring and evaluation, what that means is that we have worked with our community leaders for the past five years to heavily research 
and to better understand how you can track changes in girls agency levels. And we believe we have a tool that can do that. And we're in the process of making that tool widely available to anyone who wants to use it for their girl-focused programs. And we hope that it will become a golden standard for girl-focused programming and are very excited to share that tool with folks soon. But for, for everyone else who's maybe not an implementer or working on the ground, there is plenty that you can learn about what we're doing. You can visit us at amplifygirls.org. Um, we are raising funds for this kind of work, and we do have a number of funds for our partners themselves. So we often serve as, as kind of a, an organization that can direct funds to smaller organizations that otherwise would not be able to access donors. They have you know annual budgets of $5,000. They don't have capacity to fundraise for themselves, and so we often will support them as they grow. Mm -hmm. So I would highly encourage uh, considering getting involved that way. And then, of course, uh, we have a number of advocacy opportunities coming up as well. This is a big year for women in the advocacy space because Women Deliver, which is a major conference, is, is back for the first time in four years, and it's being held in... That? Say uh, that again. What was that again? It's called Women Deliver. Is that a conference, you said? It's a conference. Yeah, it's a major conference for women, particularly working in women and girls uh, healthcare, although it does have education components and other things to it. But for the first time in its history, it's being held in Africa. It's in Rwanda this year. And uh, that's in July. So if you follow along with our work on Facebook and social media, Instagram, Twitter, we'll be talking a lot about advocacy you can get involved with leading up to that big event, because we want to make sure that some of these community leaders and the girls they work with have a, a major place on, on the center stage of that event. Well, I think the, the key is when we collaborate and partner with lots of different organizations, because the resources for many are, are minimal. So when we mm -hmm. combine our resources, it's even even grander. World Pulse is doing, in fact, this is what Women, Women Connect for Good is very involved with, is helping with mentorships. You yes. know, you, you're talking about advocacy. I think mentorship and advocacy go hand in hand. They, they're both the same thing. I mean, they really are if you stop and think about it. So I would love to make an introduction to you to just Tina, the founder. Mm -hmm. And again, this, your tool might be very, very helpful for them as well. So the more organizations that Women Connect for Good can partner and find partnering uh, other organizations that you can partner with in your organization, uh, that's the value that we try to bring. Women Connect for Good is about connecting. Sure. So, of course. Um, you know, we, and anything that you have, we can continue to promote. But, I appreciate uh, that. You. Uh, just let us know what you need. But again, uh, the introduction to Gensina at World Pulse, I think would be extremely valuable. They're just about ready to have their 20 year anniversary. So this is Wonderful. an organization that's been around for some time. And it's all countries that are, these are women in all countries speaking to one another. So it's a huge value. And, and of course, that that could definitely help in Africa as well. So for sure. well, Zach, I, I, I love the work you're doing. It's, it's always wonderful work to hear what people are doing in this world. And having been in Africa, Rwanda, Tanzania, Nairobi, and all around Africa, when you see the love and the care that these women have for one another and then their children is, is, such, a, is such a value that, but education is key. For sure. It's, key. it's so important. So 
Sure. Uh, once again, tell us how people can reach you, know more about you. So one more time, website, all the above. Yeah, absolutely. So you can visit us at amplifygirls.org. Uh, you can also contact me directly if you'd like at Zach, Z-A-C-K, at amplifygirls.org. I'd be happy to hear from you and, and uh, help connect you to the opportunities you want to to get involved. Uh, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn as well, all at Amplify Girls. Uh, I would highly encourage you to follow along. Okay. And you said you've got a conference coming up. Tell me, tell us one more time about that. Yes. So that's, that's a major conference. We're talking hundreds and hundreds of organizations convening together at Women Deliver. That's going to be in Rwanda in July. Um, So take a look out for Women Deliver 2023 and uh, maybe we'll see some of you there. Well, Pulse is also having their anniversary conference there. Maybe there's some ties that you all can. There might be. Yes, absolutely. Wonderful ties that uh, you all can meet and talk with one another. Well, I wish you only the very, only the best of all things. Thank you for what you're doing to change the world for good. And uh, again, the Lift Women Up campaign is ongoing. So we want you to make sure you get the new 2023 lift list. It's 52 weeks of how women and girls can lift one another up. Because when, when one of us lifts, as we rise and we lift someone else with us, anything is possible. And you're definitely lifting so many people. So thank you so much, Zach. Oh, it's been, it is It's been honor. a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for all you do. I really appreciate it. Well, you have a wonderful day. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Okay. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. If you enjoy these smart, amazing conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Thank you for listening.